On the Record with White House correspondent April Ryan. I'm April Ryan with On the Record, and today I'm so pleased to be joined by someone who I would talk to quite a bit. A couple of years ago, I'd literally walk in and we'd run into each other. And he'd give me, and that's true, you know that, uh, he'd give me the scripture for the day. And we talk about the times, the moment in time. And I, I wanted to go back and bring everyone in on this conversation with my friend Josh Dubois. He is the former spiritual advisor for President Barack Hussein Obama. And what was your official title back then, Josh? Sure. I was the director of the Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships in the White House. Well, you know what? What I want to start this off on is where is your faith? Everyone, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we always used to have these conversations. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where is faith right now. You know, we see all these evangelicals uh, spouting uh, scripture and God. But you have a president who some are saying is morally corrupt and they're yeah. supporting him. Where is faith right now? It's a great question, April, and this is a very tough time for Christianity in particular and faith in general in the United States, because I believe that, unfortunately, many faith leaders who have wrapped their arms around um, the worst aspects of this administration um, and a president who, uh, whose moral uh, shortcomings are on full display uh, they're compromising Christian witness. It becomes so much harder to minister and to share the gospel and um, to maintain credibility when these leaders have compromised that credibility so much. That said, April, I'm a student of history, as I know you are as well. A couple months ago, I was down in Atlanta with Reverend Dr. Joseph Lowry, spending some time with him, and he reminded me of the long journey we have been on as a country. We have seen tough times before. We will see them again but we also still hold on to a tremendous hope. So we will get through this. I have faith that God will bring us through this, and that through the activism of so many uh, people that we'll get through this. But it is a tough time for Christianity in the United States. So President Obama, uh, the man that you worked for and you advised, he's come out in the moment that we are now trying to figure out what's going to happen in these midterms. Will there be a blue tsunami, not just a blue wave or a tidal wave, a blue tsunami? Um, will this nation find its moral footing? Um, have you been in discussions with former President Obama about a time such as this? Well, listen, I've uh, been honored to stay in contact with, uh, with the, the former president and the team over there at the foundation and other parts of his operation. And I'm so excited that um, he's really helping uh, to lead the charge to remind Americans of what our values are. You know, it seems like we've, we've forgotten a little bit who we are and where we need to stand. And I thought the president's stirring speech the other day, uh, the former president's stirring speech the other day, and um, the work that the First Lady is do, doing with the When We All Vote initiative is so important. But, April, you know, it's coming from them, but it's also coming from leaders and organizations around the country. And I know you're following this closely. I love the fact that we may have an African-American governor in Florida and in Georgia and um, in Maryland. I love the fact that groups like the Collective Pack and uh, Black Pack and so many others are um, building African-American political power and that, you know, progressive organizations are registering voters and that we have so many diverse candidates who will be on the ballot this November and that faith leaders with Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner and others are stepping up uh, to do their part. This is an exciting time. This is a movement-building time. And for anyone who uh, might be discouraged, I would say plug in 
to some of these organizations because there's a lot going on in our community. Where is this diversity on the ballot coming from? Is there a movement? What what happened? What is it an outgrowth of? Yeah. Well, first off, I think people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They see the craziness that's happening at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and they say, I'm not going to leave it up to someone else to fix it. I'm, I'm going to step into the to the arena myself. And so that's it, part of it is just individual initiative. But it's also... Um, really uh, the cultivation of phenomenal political talent over years and years. You know, um, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, for example, has put in time and work in the, in the state legislature there, registering voters and building up a political base. Um, ben Jealous in Maryland, um, you know, has done tremendous work with NAACP and beforehand. And so this is you know, this is what was our grandparents' dream. This, this, this is a generation of leaders who, who put in their time, and now they're emerging on the national scene. And so in some ways, it, it, this is a product of just this moment and all the craziness happening in Washington and people responding to that. But in other ways, it is the fruit of, of years of cultivation that started um, a long time ago. Josh, I hate to say this, but, or ask this question even, yeah. what if, what if, what if, the tsunami doesn't happen. What if these three don't make it? Was it all for naught? Definitely wasn't all for naught. I mean, uh, I have seen, for example, with my friends uh, Quentin and Stephanie James and the Collective Pack, I- I've seen African Americans give in small dollar amounts and large more politically and be more engaged than ever before. And no matter what happens in the individual races, that doesn't go away. These are people that will be engaged in 2020 and beyond um, with you know, these candidates, one, I believe they're going to be successful. I, you know, I, I remember back in 2007 when, you know, working in Iowa and South Carolina and so forth for a, a senator named Barack Obama and everybody said we were crazy. You know, you, you remember the fall of 2007 when, when folks thought that there was no way um, that this man would make that happen. Um, and yet he surprised everyone and not only won, um, you know, in, in those early states, but won the presidency of the United States. If he can do that, I believe that Stacey can win and Andrew can win, and Ben and others around the country can as well. If it doesn't happen, you know, these are professionals, and these organizations are remarkably strong, and they will keep working. Color of Change and others will keep advocating into the next election cycle in 2020 and beyond. You worked with a lot of churches, particularly the black church, when you were in the Obama White House. Um, Where does the church fall when it comes to this spirit of of engagement in the voting uh, process? Um, where does the church fall? It's a great question, April, and there's a lot of exciting things happening in the black church right now. Um, Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner um, and Jim Wallace and others have partnered together in a national uh, clergy engagement campaign to get out the vote and increase voter registration. I love what Mike McBride um, and Reverend Mike McBride is doing with with PICO, um, and they have a broad network of clergy that are getting out the vote. Our denominations are engaged. Progressive National Baptist Convention had their convention in Philadelphia this year in August, and they had major sessions related to um, to the midterm elections. The AME Church and Jackie DuPont Walker and Bishop Bashtai McKenzie um, and, and, and others um, have done tremendous work um, focusing on voter engagement. In fact, the AMEs just got together, Reverend Stephen Green and um, and, and others uh, uh, organized a big rally and gathering in Washington, D.C. just about a week ago. Um, and so there, there's a, a, a tremendous amount of work 
that's happening among black uh, churches, Cynthia Hale, Dr. Freddie Haynes, um, Reverend Otis Moss uh, III and Otis Moss Jr., uh, they, they they are working now. They have they they're working against some stuff too because there are black churches working on the other side of this as well. We we've seen unfortunately recently some shameful displays of folks sitting in you know the Oval Office and around the White House advocating for a president um, who does not have the best interests of our people in mind. And so we have that going on too. But there's a lot of encouraging things in the black church right now. You know I want to ask you about something there there is a, a problem in the nation a situation or or a feeling a mood of, of after things have happened um, in the black church the black church is held up uh, primarily uh, by black women black women have been under attack for the last few years um, we've seen most recently Serena Williams there's an outcry for her even though she uh, went after her her which she felt was her right to talk to the judge, the judge or the, or the umpire took the game from her, the match from her, took the game, the tennis game from her. We've seen Roseanne Barr go after a black woman, uh, Valerie Jarrett. We've seen the press secretaries go after me. We've seen the president of the United States go after Susan Rice, go after Maxine Waters. Uh, we've seen some of the nation go after former first lady, Michelle Obama. And the list goes on. We, we can just keep calling it, ticking it off. Where are we in this moment and who, what, what do we look to, to support our black women, you know, in this moment? Absolutely. Well, I I agree that uh, some deeply uh, troubling things have been happening when it comes to black women in the United States. Uh, We, uh, my my household is when I, to say Serena fans would be an understatement are, Nine month old, uh, my wife dressed her up in a black tutu, and we were sitting around watching uh, the match uh, this this past weekend, and was just absolutely um, devastated by the referee's uh, decision there. And those other cases you mentioned, particularly your tremendous work holding feet to the fire in the White House, even under difficult circumstances and under um, attack. I, I agree that we are in a deeply troubling moment right now. But the thing that is encouraging is how many black women and black men, um, allies with black women, are speaking out and are saying enough is enough. This is not the time when we're just letting attacks slide or we're not speaking out and engaging for ourselves and and having each other's back. I'm seeing a lot of support and a lot of rallying around um, our advocates and our leaders and our voices, um, and that's really encouraging to me. So I, I would just say I agree with you, April, that it is open season on black men and black women. You know, unfortunately, with the Justice Department under Jeff Sessions, um, we're, we're uh, returning to um, a terrible war on drugs and, you know, a con- continued abuses in the criminal justice system. Uh, so black men have been disproportionately under attack there as well. At the same time, we are having each other's backs and we're speaking out. And that, to me, is encouraging. Well, you know, we used to always have all these great conversations in the few minutes that we used to run into each other. But Joshua Dubois, I have to ask you this. So many people come up to me saying God is doing something. He's trying to show us something. Is this what this moment that we're in, which is not normal? I'm just going to say it's not normal. Is this God or is this man? And I'm, I'm putting that on you because you are a minister yeah. <laughs> and you have advised presidents. What is this moment? Well, listen, I I believe that God has given man free will, and some of these things that we're seeing are the results 
of the misuse of that free will. I don't think it's in God's plans, for example, for families to be separated at the border or for African-American men and women to be harassed um, by law enforcement or for, um, you know, all of the abuses that we're seeing under this uh, Trump administration. But I do believe that God is bigger than Donald Trump. And my trust and my hope is, is on a force far more powerful than at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And so I place um, my faith there and in the people that are doing God's work all around the country, uh, the advocates that who have been endowed by God's Spirit to fight for the least, the last, and the lost, they are very real, they are very present. And so to answer your question, April, no, I don't think it's in God's plans for, uh, for the vulnerable to be further under attack under this administration, but I do know that it's in God's plans for us to stand up on behalf of those who need help most. Joshua Dubois, you know, this is... This is so good to talk to you again. You um, too, my friend. I, I know. I miss running into you outside Jackson Place and on Pennsylvania Avenue outside the uh, the Northwest Gate. So we'll have to do that again soon. Yeah, and, and what people don't realize is is that once you work with people, you get to know them. It's a friendly adversarial yes. relationship. But yeah, I miss that. But so tell us what you're doing now. Sure. So I run a consulting company called Values Partnerships, and we. Uh, create engagement campaigns for films, studios, and TV networks on issues that impact African Americans in the faith community. So we work with A&E Networks and HBO and Paramount Pictures. We led marketing and publicity and outreach for films like Selma and Fences for the remake of Roots on the History Channel um, and other projects as well. We also produce some of our own projects, and so we produced a documentary on President Obama's legacy. I did this with my wife that aired on the History Channel in 2017, and we're honored that it actually won an NAACP Image Award uh, for Best Documentary. And finally, April, it's kind of sound kind of random, but we're, we have launched a new market research platform uh, called Gage. It's at getgage.com, and it's market research with influencers and experts. We realized that companies and organizations were making really bad decisions because they weren't talking with the right people. And we connect organizations and companies and brands to communities of influencers and experts that are diverse and uh, can give great wisdom and insight um, and, and make sure that organizations are uh, have uh, wisdom from the right people and that we compensate influencers for sharing their opinions. And you can find out more about Gage at getgage.com. It's uh, really taken off, and we're really encouraged by the response that we're getting. And then finally, continue to support our former president and first lady. Just honored to, to be among the army of folks who you know have their backs every day um, and just excited about what they're doing around the country. Do you still give them a scripture every day? Every now and then, uh, he, he gets a little email from me on, on, on his phone to start, it, to start his day. So, yeah, we try to keep that dialogue up as much as I can. Well, Josh, thank you. Joshua Dubois, I just thank you for spending time with me and, and offering your insight, be it spiritual, political, what have you. Um, because for a time such as this, we're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, we yes. the people are still forming a more perfect union. There are growing pains, and in those growing pains, sometimes you just got to look to to someone to find direction. Thanks, Joshua Dubois, for joining me with On the Record. I'm April Ryan. Thank you so much, April. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.